but uh, not quite. I'm Emily. And I'm Jonathan, and welcome to Season 5 of the new Snakes Cast. It's not Season 1 of the new Snakes Cast, really. It's still the podcast for people who don't know as much about games as they'd like to know. But a few things are different now. Most importantly, Emily has joined us as a second host. Hey. Hey! The format of the podcast is also a little bit different. We're going to have three episodes each week instead of one, all three with one overarching topic. The Monday episode each week, we'll be looking at the basics of that week's topic. Wednesday, we're going to look at the topic in more detail, going into rules, strategies, more complicated stuff. And the Friday will feature discussion of cultural impact, personal experiences, or games that are substantially more complicated that we've mentioned so far. For our first week, though, we sort of want to do an episode zero, something that'll be a good jumping off point for new listeners. And the first thing you got to do if you're going to talk about stuff is know the words that are involved. So we're going to go to terminology. Yeah, so that's what we're doing today, Monday, uh, just discussing general categories that games can fit into. Wednesday, we're going to be talking about different mechanisms that come up in gaming. And Friday, we'll be talking about different genres of games. It's going to be very insidery. We're going to use all the terms that people in the know are using. So you'll be in the know. Yeah, so everything will make much more sense after this. get right into it. What are we going to start with? Uh, so probably the most important to start with, and the, the word that gets thrown around a lot with board games, is strategy. So strategy games can be both light and heavy, as we like to say. So a lot of people get kind of like put off at the thought of strategy games because they're like, oh no, I don't want to be spending like four hours, hours learning how to play, yeah. you know, learning how to play, and then six hours playing, and I don't want a headache, I have things <laughs> to do later, you know, there's a babysitter at home. But that's really not true. I mean, strategy can encompass almost any kind of board game, really. Like anything that requires, you know, like a, maybe like a little bit more of a complex rule set, a little bit more thinking involved. I often say strategy is basically a fancy word for making choices that actually have something to do with how the game turns out. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, nothing that has too much to do with luck or sure. like previous knowledge or anything like that. And there can be luck in strategy games, but the point is that you actually get to plan stuff and see how it turns out, which is pretty fun. Well, people like it. Uh, the strategy section is the biggest section of the library at Snakes and Lattes. Of any board game all, sure. yeah like of any library really the next biggest section is uh, the party game section party games is um well i've heard them defined as games where it's not so much about playing well as knowing the other players well but i disagree with that party games are generally speaking big for uh, good for big groups like at least four people preferably six or more and uh, they tend to Involve being silly or lighthearted, building stuff. Yeah, building stuff, uh, guessing stuff things. Over sure, anything where you have to either guess who did what or who said what, who wrote what, like balderdash. Anything we're trying to guess a word that somebody's thinking, like in taboo or charades. Or anything where you draw a random card and have to do a random thing, like Quelf. Yeah, and it's safe to assume that any game that requires you standing up is probably a party game. Probably, yeah. <laughs> Uh, next, trivia games, probably the most straightforward category, mm. you know, both from like Trivial Pursuit onwards. Any game that requires you knowing stuff. Trivia games are great for people who don't like games that much because they're not really even a game. They're just a series of questions and either know the answer or you don't. Yeah, but they're, they're definitely good for people like knowing stuff or thinking mm -hmm. they know stuff. <laughs> They're also good uh, for when you just want to relax, because when you lose, it's not really your fault. Mm -hmm. you know, you, yeah. you, you, all the thinking in the world isn't going to change without you know the answer to what's the capital of North Dakota. Trivia games are not always about 
being the person in the room that knows the most stuff or has the best memory. Sometimes it's just about knowing a simple thing fastest. I mean, there are trivia games that are built around just like screaming out words quickly, like in and but like words that all people would know, like you know, species of dogs or words that begin with M. It's all about just knowing any words ever. Anything but five-second rule. Yeah, exactly. Or anomia, something like that. Uh, There's also ones like wits and wagers where it's not so much do you know the answer as can you figure out who knows the answer at Mm -hmm. the table. Or can you get the answer closest, Mm -hmm. right? So then there's abstract games. Abstract games are games that are just about lines and dots and colors and numbers and stuff. Um, they tend to be have very simple rules, but have a lot of depth and strategy to them. Stuff like Connect Four, Backgammon. Minute to Learn, Master. Um, Lifetime to Master. Ma- yeah. Yeah, that's, that's the cliche with abstract <laughs> games. Uh, they also tend to be for two players, so a lot, a lot of couples get a fair bit of use out of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's also dexterity games. Uh, build stuff, knock stuff over, smash stuff, Jenga. or don't. Yeah, Jenga, Ghost Blitz. <laughs> Just using your hands effectively. We have a small section for cooperative games as well. In a co-op game, everybody's on the same team. Either you're all going to win or you're all going to lose, and the game itself is your opponent. That's what you're up against. So Pandemic, obviously, is the poster child for that mm-hmm. one. But uh, it's it's sort of set up a sensation. We've seen more and more of those every year. Yeah, play together, team building, mm-hmm. trust exercises, all that sort of stuff. There's also bluffing games, so basically who at the table can lie the best and look you straight in the face and make a statement and then have you try to figure out whether or not they're lying. Now, it's not just about lying. It's also about telling whether or not people are lying. Yes, yes. (laughs) Also very important. You don't necessarily have to be a complete bastard to win at those, but it helps. But being perceptive is important. Yep. Always important. Uh, there's kids' games. I've learned never to underestimate how much fun grown-ups can have playing kids' games. Also, how hard they can be. Well, sometimes it can be a real challenge. I mean, I, I love Chateau Rock of Four, which is like the, the, the old labyrinth game with the sliding floors and stuff. Yeah, but it's got all this extra cheese. stuff. Yeah. The adorable little mousies running around. They're cute. They're easy to learn. They're never all that long because they're made for small humans with small attention spans. One problem with kids' games is that you almost never see any that'll go with more than four players. Yeah, they're kind of built for the nuclear family unit, right? Uh, another category is uh, classic Americana, which is a term that's kind of like obtuse, which is basically every game that you remember playing in your aunt or uncle's basement right. at family <laughs> gatherings. You know, think Monopoly, The Game of Life, Sorry, Trouble, Risk, Risk Clue. Clue. Basically anything from the 1930s, 40s, and 50s. Mm-hmm. Um, these are games that have sort of become part of the board gaming pantheon mm-hmm. because of the fact that they are so famous and so familiar and so nostalgic. And they've, yeah, and they've been around for so long. Like, everybody knows what they are. There's a few other weird categories, too. We have a section for miscellaneous games, which is just whatever we didn't have room for everywhere else. Often the boxes are just smaller there, but that's not really a category of games, so you don't need to know about that. Let's see. There's solitaire games. That's uh, any game that you play by yourself. Uh, Miniature games, which are not tiny games, but games involving a lot of tiny figures. So things like Warhammer. Warhammer, sure. Like uh, any sort of miniatures war game that involves little Mm. Napoleonic dudes yeah. running around. And there's, there's a lot of other games that have miniatures in them. I mean, like painting miniatures has become like a whole other kind of like subset of the hobby, but mm-hmm. there are some games that like mostly focus around having the little dudes. And about having the terrain as well for them to run around on, where it's mostly about that, that creating those beautiful little scenes. Uh, there's collectible games like Magic the Gathering. These are games where each player has their own collection of stuff, whether it's cards or miniature figures or dice or what have you, but you don't play with all of them. What you do is you put together some of them to form like a deck of cards or a team of miniatures or something like that and you show up with your collection they show up with theirs and you fight 
Uh, there's war games, too. Games about war, having little armies. War games are not a thing you see a lot of at yeah, States and Lattes, because usually it's, there are plenty of games that have war in them, mm-hmm, stuff like yeah, No like, 44 and stuff. Yeah. But generally speaking, in the hobby, when you're talking with you know the board gaming intelligentsia, if somebody uses the term war game, they're talking about these historical conflict simulations that are mm-hmm. really detailed and really accurate. Yeah, conflict simulation's probably a better word for it. Probably, like A lot of people will think for short war game and think, oh yeah, Risk, I've played Risk. <laughs> Risk is a game about war, but it wouldn't necessarily be... Which is confusing, yeah. but that's what we're here for, to help you uh, get these things straight. Mm-hmm. Um, then, of course, there are role-playing games. That's another category of game you're not going to see a lot of at Snakes and Lattes, because the game's not over when you finish that session. It's kind of like a TV series. When you get to the end, you come back next week to find out what happened after that. Yeah, most board games are like an episode. Uh, RPG is more like a season of TV. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely more of like a tabletop game than a board game proper. Exactly. Right? Like things like Dungeons and Dragons sure. or Pathfinder and all that sort of stuff. It's kind of like telling stories with your friends, like in a sort of an improvisational theater playing cops and robbers, but there's a system to determine whether or not you hit or miss when you try to do something. And rolling a million dice. Usually rolling time. lots of dice. All right, that covers your basic overview of game categories. Thanks for tuning in and listening to us ramble about words for like 10 minutes. Tune in Wednesday to hear us ramble about more words that are slightly more complicated. Mm-hmm.